Welcome to Triple Threat Thursdays, the dance studio owner's secret weapon in generating more revenue and revolutionizing their business. I'm your host, Kate Krachowski, a dancer, teacher, and studio director turned serial entrepreneur. Whether you're a seasoned studio owner or just starting out, this podcast is designed to help you unlock the hidden opportunities in your dance studio. Each week, you'll learn from industry experts, successful studio owners, and entrepreneurs who have been in your shoes and discovered the crucial triple threat, uniting marketing, sales, and instruction to ensure impressive results. We know it takes a village to build a successful dance studio, and we're here to be part of yours. Are you ready to become a triple threat? Let's get this dance party started. Welcome back to Triple Threat Thursdays. I am so excited to be kicking off this new series with Jennifer Randolph. Jennifer is an expert in social media marketing, specifically as it relates to paid ads. And I'm so excited to have her with me here today. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm actually so excited that we connected. We actually just met not that long ago. But um, yeah, it's been actually really fun because people would think that we our competitors, but we do completely different things. So um, I own studio for almost feels like forever. And I loved marketing and I love the psychology behind it, um, specifically social paid. So we do all things paid marketing, Facebook, Instagram, Google, and TikTok, even though that's not everyone's favorite platform. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it is a useful tool. <laughs> That's awesome. And you said you owned your own studio. So tell me a little bit about that part of your history. How long did you in your studio? Why did you start your studio? And what about the marketing hat as a studio owner did you love so much? Yeah, so I grew up dancing like everyone and then moved to Seattle and helped another studio open a second location. Um, and it turned out she wasn't really ready to do that. And so that location kind of went away. I did a nine to five for about a year and a half and went, this is exactly not what I want to do with yeah. the rest of my life. So I just decided, okay, I'm going to open a studio. And I was very fortunate that it was in a place that was growing and it was growing with families um that wasn't the plan it just actually happened so um yeah so i started with like 60 students by the end of that year and then it just kept growing and we moved locations and we moved locations um and i fell in love with marketing because i love the psychology behind it um and i love the stats and I mean, some of you, hopefully I'm not that old, but um, <laughs> those who remember door hangering, like I knew that I could push my kids around in a stroller on a weekend and get 100 door hangers out. Of those 100, I knew I would get 20 to 25 calls. Of those calls, I knew I would get 15-ish people to come in. And of those 15, I would get 10 to 7 registrations. It was worth my time right? Going out and doing this. And then when social kind of came into the mix, it was the Groupons and the Living Socials. And I just knew there was something there for me to be able to reach the masses. Um, 
and really only reach my ideal people because I could hang door hangers all day long. But the reason I was only getting, you know, 20 ish calls is because most of those people were not my ideal client. Right. But there was really a better way to do it at the time. Right. And so I loved social because specifically paid social because I can put my message, the one I want people to see in front of the right in front of the right people who are right for my studio. Um, and so, yeah, and, I mean, that was just a piece of it. But then going into the psychology of like what performs better, like, you know, does the message is your child missing out or creating that fear uh, in that parent? I don't want to say fear, but everything is fear based. The FOMO, right? The fear of FOMO. Oh, right. Yeah. Everything is fear based, right? So we want, you know, there's that fear behind it. It's either a negative fear or it's a positive fear. It's like, do, as a child, you know, spending too much time on their screen, is that the message that people respond to? Or is it, do you want your child to have the best after school activity ever? That's a different kind of FOMO, right? So um, it's always been fascinating to me to kind of decide what makes people click the sign up for a trial button. Gosh, there's so many places I want to jump to from all of that. There were so many great nuggets. I think the first one that stands out to me and probably why we connected so instantaneously was this concept about the numbers. I think you and I are both very data driven. And I love that you were thinking about this, even with the physical printed door hangers. You were thinking about the metrics funnel, even at that level, even with that distribution channel which is amazing. I mean, if I could get everyone to just think about that digitally with you can record it, right? All the data is there for you, but you were actually counting it. You went through the audience to leads to customers. It is the exact funnel that we want people thinking about regardless of where they're going or how they're getting to their customers. And you were just doing it through print. And that is awesome. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, because I knew my numbers and I right. knew what the marketing would produce. And I even got so, like, <laughs> I got so obsessed with it that I would, I would tell my competition kids that if they hung a hundred door hangers, I would credit their tuition $25. Wow. And so I would just, <laughs> so then I was like, okay, great. I've got like myself doing a hundred. I've got, you know, like competition kids doing like a hundred. And so it was like, how do I, how do I multiply this? Right. It was a lot of manpower. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, that's, it was always kind of data over, you know, just randomly throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what worked. Right. And I think to that end, this this concept of amplification or kind of exponentially increasing what's working, right? You can only, I mean, you can do it if you don't have the data, but you have no idea what the ROI is or the return on investment. And if you don't know what that number is, it makes it really hard to justify from a spend standpoint, oh, let's put more money into printing these door hangers or let's put more money into spending these ads on this platform or that platform. And that is definitely something that I know you and I would both encourage the listeners to do is if you don't have those numbers down right now, you need to figure out how. Either shoot me a DM at Dance Studio Playbook or shoot Jennifer a DM at the Jennifer Randall. Shoot us a DM because we want to help you with this. And it is so fundamental to you being able to effectively boost revenue in your studio 
whether that's through increased enrollment or through growing other streams, because there are a number of other streams in your studio that you can boost, even if you're at quote unquote class capacity. Yeah. And that's one of the things I get, I get sometimes too is, well, I can't handle any more students. Um, and yeah, that's great. That's a great problem to have. But what are you doing on the back end to warm up the people around you or your targeted areas so that when you do have that 20% rollover, like for next year, you have this warm bucket full of people already that you can pull from. So you're not like, oh my gosh, I have to start from zero and I have to tell everyone about me and I have to like, you know, all this stuff. There's always marketing in the background that should be done so that you're never in that oh crap place. I noticed that this was something at the studio that I directed at and some of the other studios in our local area. This is, a, I think, a big flaw, I would say, that they have is they really just think about lead generation pre-enrollment season and up to bring a friend event. And then after it, it just cuts. And it's like, okay, we've already done our enrollments. We're already ready for a recital. And then it is what it is for the year. And to your point, it needs to be happening year round because I've had so many conversations with families who are unhappy at the current studio that they're currently at or who are considering switching for one reason or another. And if you're not top of mind during those thoughts and those considerations, or even in another sport or activity, then how on earth do you expect to win that business? You have to be top of mind all year round, just from a relational standpoint, checking in, inviting them to events, inviting them to things that are going on, whether that's your winter showcase or an open house on a random day or a parent's day out, whatever it is. You want to keep having touch points throughout the year or just staying top of mind with, hey, this is what's going on in our studio so that if they decide to make a change for their family, you come to mind first. Yeah, 100 percent. And I like if I one tip to give everyone, it's to always run some sort of engagement ad on Facebook and Instagram for like a dollar a day and just really let, set it and forget it and just keep you can update it every, you know, change the graphic or something every three months or something like that. But if you're running it in the background all the time, you people are seeing it come across their newsfeed. They may not be recognizing it right away, but they're seeing it. Same thing with like Google ads. Um, if you're not running one, just get something up there because that algorithm is completely different than Facebook and Instagram. And it really does. It makes a difference to Google how long you've actually been using their platform. So if you're just starting out, you're like, oh, I've never done one and I'll do it later and I'll do it later. Um, if you, the sooner you get something up there, the sooner that algorithm starts to work for you. And with that element too, just kind of this consistent showing up in front of people's faces, this is where you and I really work well together, right? Is you're really at that top of funnel, like, hey, let's get the impressions, et cetera, et cetera. And then as you capture those leads, this is what we do well at Dance Studio Playbook is we're equipping studio owners with the templates to send out from an email standpoint of what should those actual touch points be on the back end of a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad or a TikTok ad after that data is captured. It's that consistency across the entire customer journey. It can't just happen in one place, it has to happen at every single touch point. That's what's so critical. And it's easy to think, okay, well, I've got one piece of it checked off, 
but you really have to be thinking through every stage, which can feel overwhelming, but it's what you have to do to boost revenue year round. Yeah. And it's actually, it's, it's interesting because I do think that's why we clicked so well is because, um, I love getting the leads. I love doing the, um, the social and all of the stats and stuff for that, but it really is just like one teeny tiny piece of the puzzle. Right. Like it's just really tiny one piece. So many owners and I, I get so just not sad, but just like, oh, you, you could be, you could be so much further along. And you could have your financially be so, so much like better off if you had just taken all of those leads that you, you got and put them into some sort of, okay, this is the email that went out. This is where they're at. They haven't come in for a trial or they did come in for a trial or they're not quite ready yet. Like if there was just some sort of like system that you could move them along and keep track of them. Um, that's where the magic happens. And I think that's why I, I love marketing so much. And we did so well um, with that piece because I did want to know where they fell off. Right. In that, that line or that chain. And I made it very clear to my, my team that, um, you know, the end goal isn't just to get them on our email list. And then they're sitting in this email list of just hundreds maybe sometimes thousands of people right. that get what four emails a year when you're sending out now enrolling where's yeah. the touch points where's the communication where's the you know i think sometimes we forget we're dealing with people's kids and it's the most important thing to them right and consistency and touch points is so key here because think about how many times, I mean, I know at least for me, there are so many times where I'll just delete an email, right? Because I'm going through and I hate the red bubbles and I'm notification free, <laughs> inbox zero or whatever. So I'm just like, delete, delete, delete. I don't know who you are. Or maybe I do. And I just don't care because it's got to get to zero, right? There's so many times where I don't open an email, even though I still want to stay on that person's email list, right? I'm not unsubscribing. And so I think that's another thing too, that Sometimes there's this fear of, oh, I'm spamming them or I'm sending them too much content. You're definitely not sending them too much content. You are not sending enough emails. Send more, send more. Because if somebody doesn't open one email and you only send it one time, how on earth do you expect them to get that information? You need to be reminding them multiple touch points about a certain thing with different subject lines because you have no idea what somebody's going to open. And that is so critical kind of year round to be consistent, to have those touch points, to be nurturing. It's a relationship, right? If you only checked in with your friends once a year, that would not be a friendship. That would literally just be, you know, sure, we have those friends who are kind of those once in a while that we do check in and then they're just lifelong friends like that. But the rest of our relationships, that's not how it works. And the same goes with our customers and the people who are in our funnels. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's why I love what you guys are doing is because I'm a huge believer of not reinventing the wheel. And so we, our businesses are pretty much the same every year, right? Yes. Doesn't change that much. I mean, it changes, but not that much. So it's like, what template can you use and, and switch up and then go back and go, okay, what were my open rates from last year of this? Can I track how many people came in from that? 
And if so, if it was good or decent, tweak it. Like right. that, we need to reuse that kind of stuff, um, especially social. Like there's so many things that you we think because we are visual people and we're artists that we need to create from scratch every single time. And if it's not your zone of genius, find help. Absolutely. To that end. I will say one caution on the templates, and I know you and I both feel this way, but just don't use the freebies, right? <laughs> Everybody is using the freebies on Canva. And if you have made your logo with a freebie, reevaluate that. Everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. And they're not designed for studio owners. So definitely think about that element of this. Templates are amazing. We have templates as part of our membership. Yep. but if they're not specifically designed for studios and they're not specifically customized for your studio, it is just noise at that point. So it's always a great jumping off point, but you have to do something with it. It's not a blank slate, but it's a framework to use to mm -hmm. make your life easier and to make social more approachable. Yeah. And I always tell people, yeah, I have this love-hate relationship with templates the same as you do. Um, but I always tell people like the templates weren't made for your specific studio. So you have to make them yours, which is, which means it's a great, again, great starting point, great jumping off point. Um, and if you're not hundred percent sure, sometimes I tell my clients, okay, you use this template and make it yours. And then I want you to give it to somebody in your office. And ask them to make it as well and see which one comes back. Sometimes theirs is better than yours. Yeah. And it's not, it's not because, you know, you don't know your business, but it's because they see it in a little bit different way. They maybe have more interaction with the parents. Maybe it's something I, it, you just, you never know. But it also is a really great eye opener for you to be like, oh, I can hand this off. Like this may be a task that I can hand off to somebody um, that frees up your plate a little bit. It's kind of like recital. Imagining if you as the studio owner had to do the entire recital end to end, all of the choreography, all of the costumes, all of the pieces, all of the promotion, that would be a ridiculous expectation. And if you're doing that, you should probably reevaluate. You need to reevaluate resource allocation and delegation because that's not why you own a studio. It's about collaboration and it's about bringing in the creativity of your teachers. And so in that same vein, why would you run the administration side of your studio any different? If you are delegating things in the creative space, whether that's a recital or a showcase, think through what are you delegating in those areas and how can you apply that same framework to something like marketing and to something like your business administration? Because the reality is if you're not good at it in that creative space of showcase and production, then you're probably not great at it in the business side either. There's going to be some parallelism between those two realms. Yeah, 100%. Okay, one last kind of thought that I want to jump off on, and we're going back to your door hangers a little bit. So you had said that 
you weren't able to target whose doors you were putting them on outside of your local area. You have no idea who's behind the door. You don't know if they're, you know, Grandma Sue or actually a parent of three littles. With that, let's talk a little bit about how important it is for a studio owner to know their target audience, whether that's demographic, but also interests. Because I know there are a lot of studios with specialties, whether that be like a spirituality or a religious specialty or affiliation. Let's talk a little bit about the target audience piece. Mm, yeah. Okay. I'm going to keep this as short as possible because I think I could probably do a, a workshop on this. But uh, targeting your audience is really important. I know we've talked about this a lot, Kate. All right, that is that it's like most studios rely on word of mouth marketing. And while word of mouth marketing is not bad, it can sometimes be like a really bad telephone game where yeah. I tell Susie's mom all about our studio and how great it is. And then she goes to her next door neighbor and tells Elizabeth's mom, but she leaves out maybe the most important parts or um, her experience. She walk, Or maybe she tells them about her experience and she walks in and there's kids' shoes all over the floor or like something along the way. Like I can only control my message to that one person during word of mouth marketing where like when we're working with clients on social, we get to control the narrative. We could control what we're telling people on social and who we're putting it in front of. And so getting in front of your audience really depends on what your goal is for that paid campaign. So if right now, I, this the trend right now seems to be that everyone, and I don't know if this is COVID related, needs babies. <laughs> Their two, three, four-year-old classes are just not the way they used to be. And um, and so we've found instead of targeting the audience around the studio itself, that targeting the audience around preschools and daycares and um, even uh, like co-op kind of things, those audiences are the ones that don't didn't know who you were. Right. Um, most likely have the funds for your classes because they're already paying for these other services, right? Right. Um, and that has been so much better for, I mean, for that getting your message across and they, they, they know who you are and they're, you can, they can learn, know, like, and trust you. I don't know, like, psychology-wise, like, if they think, oh, I'm seeing this ad at a business that I already know, like, and trust <clears throat> helps push them through that journey to signing up with you faster, I would bet it does. Because if they're sitting at a pediatric dentist or a pediatrician's office and you can target that location and they're scrolling their phones while they're reading, we all are doing it. We know the habits. Um, I, I believe that it does. I believe that getting in front of them while they're out of business for their child that they already know, like, and trust helps them know, like, and trust you. And they're seeing the exact same message. So audience-wise, we have to dig a little deeper instead of just going, I'm going to target the radius around my studio and just everyone who, you know, is lives close to me is going to come. Well, yes, that should be the case. 
but we have to get a little bit more um, strategic about it. With the pediatrician example too, the other piece of that is mindset for them. They're in the office for their kid. So they're thinking about their parent hat in that moment. If it's just a general location around the studio, you could catch them when they're at work and they're not necessarily in the parent mindset. And so when that element or when that hat is on, they are more likely to kind of your point, know, like, and trust you because they're already thinking about their kid in that way. They're in parent mode. And so I think that that is a really important thing behaviorally as well. And to your point about being able to control what the message is to them and how it's received as well, where it's received, that's super important and a fundamental part about marketing. Whether that's organic, whether it's paid, whether it's on a piece of paper that you're handing out to your students, that is still also a form of marketing. Mm -hmm. You are able to control that. And in all of those different places, it needs to be consistent. So what you're saying on organic needs to be what you're saying on paid needs to be what you're saying on all of your flyers and printed materials because consistency in all of those different touch points is so important to reiterating the same message about who you are, building trust. The second that you divert, people get confused. And that's not to say that you can't pivot and have evolutions in your studio's life. That is absolutely okay. You just wanted that to be consistent in all of the touch points throughout their customer journey and throughout the parent's experience. Yeah, 100%. I always tell people, like, if you're on social and you're going through and you see an ad, like, like there was something I was clicking on, I don't know, some dress or something, and I was like clicked on it, and it took me to their website of, like, their new arrivals, and there was, I did not see what I clicked on at all. I'm instantly disengaged. Right. I have no idea where I'm going. And so if you are setting up any sort of any marketing, organic, paid, anything, and you have somebody, you're sending them somewhere, make sure that that consistency is there so that when they, they click on it, it's very similar. The wording, the graphics are very similar. It doesn't have to be exact, right? but it has to be very similar to what piqued their interest in the first place. So that they don't waste any brain calories going in the right place. What am I supposed to do next? Like, and that's sometimes I think what we forget as, as studio owners, and I did it so many times, is I wanted people, I wanted to tell people how amazing we were. Mm -hmm. Like, we're amazing. Our facility is amazing. Our students are amazing. Just sign up. But there's, there's this really big kind of river that people have to get over before yeah. they get to signing up for a trial. And all of those touch points are stones that they can step on to get over the river to, to get there. But otherwise, you're, you're, you're losing them. Absolutely. All right, Jennifer, this has been so fun. I feel like we've hit so many different topics and I know our audience will get so much value out of everything that you've had to share. Tell us a little bit about where people can find you, what you've got going on. If people are ready to learn more about ads, what do they do next? Let us know. Uh, yeah, um, I will drop. I'll have Kate put my info in the show notes, but um, we have a service for studio owners specifically who really just want to hand off their paid marketing. 
So if you're looking for somebody to create and set up and manage your social ads, that is our jam. So, um, and then we hand you off to Kate and so you can make sure you get all of your leads taken care of and they have a funnel and they get in. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll drop out a, a 20% off our services code for you guys. Um, so that if you are interested, you can jump in. The first month is always a dollar because we want you to see the value in it. Um, and make sure it's right for you. And then we, we do not do contracts. I was just feel so strongly that I was locked into too many contracts as a studio owner that I was like, okay, <laughs> this is not helping me. Um, so yeah. So we are literally all things paid and um, that's our jam and that's what we're sticking with. <laughs> awesome, Jennifer. Thank you so, so much for jumping on with me. This has been a super great kickoff to our new series with Triple Threat Thursdays. And I'm so excited to have you all back here next week with me for another special guest. Thanks for tuning in to Triple Threat Thursdays. This is Kate Grachowski, and I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights that you can apply to your studio, unlocking more revenue than ever before. Remember, you can do this. Tap into your passion for dance as your motivator and commit to the small changes in marketing, sales, and instruction. They add up quicker than you think. If you enjoyed the show, I'd love for you to subscribe, write a review, and share it with your team. Until next week, keep dancing, growing, and thriving.